This is Pastor Mike, and I want to welcome you to the Life Fellowship Podcast. I know that the trials of each of you experience can often feel overwhelming, and at those times, the enemy tries to bring discouragement into your life. Remember that in John 16, Jesus tells us to be of good cheer because he has overcome the world. Today, as you listen, I pray that God's word ministers to you and that the power of the Holy Spirit deposits joy and peace into your situation.
torn and tattered Made you feel like it just don't matter Here you are, thinking never Could you trust anyone again ever But don't you know there's nothing that love can mend It can make you over Love, 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 love. Oh, you can love. 
thank you so much. We are so glad to be in Hearst, Texas this morning with all you beautiful people. And uh, we come from a little town uh, over there, kind of near Atlanta, where, we, where we're from. It's a little town called Roopville, Georgia, all right? And the population, 229. And uh, yeah, this morning the population is 225, but uh, we're... How many of y'all ever heard of Root Bill George? I'm just curious. Don't everybody raise your hand at once, okay? Well, they've never heard of Hearst either, so I guess we're all even. But <laughs> now, it, we are so thrilled that it worked out, Pastor, that we could come and fill this day for you guys. We were on vacation down in Disney, and uh, we uh, we flew home I think Friday, and then we jumped in our bus Friday night and drove. I got here last night, and so today is going to be a great day in the Lord if you'll just open up your minds and your hearts and receive from Him, because only He can meet every single need that's in your life and your mind this morning, and that's who we've been singing about. We're going to continue to lift up His name. Are you glad to be in God's house, everybody? And uh, so we, we're going to sing all kinds of different songs for you, and uh, we just released a brand new Christmas project. I can't believe that Christmas is just next month. And uh, by the way, uh, we have that new CD with us this morning. I'd love for you guys to do some Christmas shopping today after the service. Uh, truth is, if you'll do your Christmas shopping, we can do ours when we get home, okay? So, uh, but here's a song that we put on there, and uh, we had a request. Somebody asked that, that we would do it this morning. This is off our new Christmas CD. I hope you like it. Listen. Well, I've heard there was a secret chord that David played, and it pleased the Lord. But you don't really care for music, do you? Well, it goes like this, the fourth of fifth, the minor fall and the major lift, the baffled king composing, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. been here before I know this room and I've walked this floor I used to live alone before I knew you I've seen your flag on the marble arch but love is not a victory march it's a cold and it's a broken hallelujah Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I did my best, it wasn't much. I I tried to touch, I told the truth, I did 
Thank you. Let me just take a quick moment uh, for those of you that have never seen us in person before. I want to introduce uh, how many of this is the first time you've ever seen our family before. All right. Well, a lot of new folks. We come to Fort Worth, Dallas quite often. And uh, so this is so great to meet a lot of new friends. I'll give you just a little bit of history. Kelly, uh, this is my wife, her and her daddy began what you see here this morning. Our musical journey began uh, with them uh, way back in 1977. And, uh, you did not have to say way back. <laughs> right? It's one strike. Uh, that, that, no, no, there's, there's a picture of our very first lineup. That was Kelly's daddy playing the guitar there, Mr. Rex Nealon. He went on to be with the Lord about 20 years ago. And that's Kelly uh, standing right next to Rex right there, you know. And, uh, and so we're really, really proud to carry on this uh, wonderful legacy and ministry. Three generations now. And uh, last year we were inducted into the Gospel Music Association Hall of Fame. And that was an honor for our family. And uh, so let me tell you quickly uh, who everybody is. Do me a favor. Hold your applause until I finish introducing everyone because... I don't want you to clap for someone louder than someone else and cause disharmony in our bus out there, all right? But we got a long ride home. And uh, uh, the guy in the back kind of running all the sound of the media, he's tremendously talented. Typically, he's up here playing drums, but when we do band-aids, it's like a four- or five-hour setup. And I didn't think anybody from the church wanted to meet us here at 3 a.m. in the morning. So uh, uh, he's running our sound this morning, and he's just wonderfully talented. He comes from North Carolina. His mama gave him the strangest name, though. His real name is Stone Dog Carter, all right? And, uh, yeah, and so we're really proud to have Stone. I love Stone, too. I mean, yep. I really do. He just does anything, drives the bus, right. sets up the sound, plays drums. But I guess the thing that I like most about Stone is that he can fix things. <laughs> I've never had anybody who could fix things. I take that back. Well, thank you. <laughs> My grandmother could Kelly, fix anything. Stop. She. 
she was a Chickahominy Indian, and she could crochet, make quilts, fix everything in the house. And, and after her, there was no one until Stone got here. Thank you, Stone. <laughs> this is my husband. He does not fix things, and he is not an Indian. <laughs> Yeah, I appreciate that wonderful introduction, Kelly. Uh, we, we just had our anniversary here a while back, and we were down in Miami, Florida at this beautiful performing arts center. They had restored it. It was just very historic. And those folks, a lot of folks follow us on social media. They heard about our anniversary. They had already planned to sing happy anniversary. It was so nice. And as soon as they finished, some old character over here kind of just stood up and yelled through the crowd, well, how long y'all been married? And I told him, he said, that's nothing. You're just kids. I've been married 64 years to six different women. <laughs> that is a lot of women right there. <laughs> but no, we, you meet all kinds of people when you're traveling. But Kelly really is the centerpiece of all that we do in our family and our music. And I'm so proud to carry on this with her. And then our girls over here, this is our oldest daughter singing soprano. If any of you guys watch the Gaither Homecoming videos, then you've watched her grow up. She kind of has grown up on those videos. She began to make those with us when she was just four years of age. She was a little girl. Uh, for some of you that are really diehard fans, uh, that saying Jesus, I heard you had a big house. And uh, last year she had the lead role in a feature film that played all across the United States. And a lot of you have seen it. You were talking to me about it. Uh, it's a movie called A Question of Faith. It was an awesome Christian faith-based film. If you haven't seen it, check it out on Netflix. It is awesome. But this year, big news for her and our family. She got married back in April, everyone, and we're really thrilled for her. Yeah, you can clap especially for that. And then our baby girl over here singing all kinds of different parts, playing the mandolin, just extremely talented, always the shy one in our family, right? And when she was a little girl, we'd try to get her to sing in front of uh, people. She would just never do it. She said, please don't make me sing. I don't want to sing when I grow up. I've already got it figured out. When I grow up, she would say, I want to be a Walmart greeter. <laughs> True story. And don't get me wrong. I think that she would make a fantastic singing Walmart greeter. I really do. Hey, don't take a lot of time, but just uh, step out here and show these folks what you've learned in all of your training. She's a natural, you know, and, uh, uh, but no, this year, I'm really proud of her. She worked awfully hard. We keep a very busy tour schedule, and both of our girls have finished college. That makes us proud. This year, she just graduated from college. She got a four-year scholarship, teachers, because you'll know, I know we got a teacher in the house, Silas, and uh, she got a four-year scholarship because she finished high school, what they call magna cum laude. That means she had the number one GPA in her entire senior class. Can y'all believe that? Makes me proud. <laughs> Way to go, Autumn. I mean, yeah, she was homeschooled. <laughs> well, that's very true, but she's still number one, all right? My name is Jason. That's all the Neelands, our family. We are very honored to be here this morning. Thank you so much. You love the world so much, 
you gave your son written there in crimson you told me i'm forgiven it is done it is done so if you I was talking with your pastor. We're, we're really, really good friends with uh, Bishop Tim Hill, and we also, uh, years ago, we went to uh, Mount Perrin Church of God, where uh, Dr. Walker was the pastor. And so, back in the old days, you know, I, you guys know what I'm talking about when I say the Redback Church hymnal, right? God bless all three of you. Okay. 
Now, in Georgia, you know, that we would have those tabernacle meetings, you know, in the summer. I'm talking sawdust on the ground, and one of those great preachers would come, and, you know, and you'd have all kinds of churches gather around. It's just awesome. Now, here's a song that, that we did on the Gaither videos a few years ago, but it's like it, it came out of the Redback Church hymnal. I think it was page 217, but don't quote me on that. But see if some of you old-timers remember this one, all right? Well, in this world, we have our struggles, and sometimes alone, some sometimes blue. But the hope of life eternal, it makes all our old hopes a brand new.
tried him and I found his promises are true he's everything he said that he would be the finest words I know could not be
for the trumpet to sound most any time. In the crowd of life that's waiting, thing God will soon be mine. Well, I got my invitation from a place called Calvary. By the precious blood of Jesus, the trip's been paid for me. Well, I'm going home with Jesus in the twinkling of an eye. I need my reservation for like this. Come on. something real quickly. Uh, I want you to meet another member of our family. He's out there somewhere. Uh, our, yeah, there he is uh, in the back. This is our son-in-law, and uh, we're really proud to have him on board this week. Nathan comes from Washington, D.C. He uh, is the director of a wonderful ministry called Hope to the Hill, and they minister to all of Senate and Congress and their staff members, and uh, they are doing a great work there in Washington, D.C. We're really, really proud for them. 
And by the way, we have a very special trip here in about two weeks, and we still have about three or four slots open if you'd like to join us. It's called Christmas in the Capitol. We're taking about 200 of our friends to Washington, D.C. We're doing concerts uh, at uh, Mount Vernon, uh, George Washington's home, and then we're going to do a concert at uh, Museum of the Bible, and then we're going to be at the White House on the third day, and a lot of great stuff planned in the midst of all of that, and you can go with us and be a part of all of that. We've got a 60-voice choir going to be backing us up, and we're going to be leading a sing-along there with different members of Congress and Senate. Your your own Congressman, Louis Gohmert, is going to be there giving us a private after-hours tour of the Capitol. It's going to be awesome time. Talk to us if you'd like to, and Roger Williams is also going to be there. That's right. It's going to be awesome. So, uh, uh, y'all... Come talk to Nathan afterwards. It's called Christmas in the Capitol, and we're going to take care of everything. Five-star hotel. We've got dinner at the Trump uh, Hotel one night and just all kinds of wonderful stuff. Christmas in the Capitol, the first Monday through third. You guys should get together and send your pastor and his wife to Christmas in the Capitol. I was waiting for an amen, Pastor. I'm trying to help you out there, you know. Uh, but that, we got a lot of our friends, a wonderful contemporary Christian group, Citizen Way, is going to be joining us. Mr. Michael English is going to be with us and a lot of other great stuff. So come talk. We have about four slots left. It's about almost sold out. But y'all make welcome Mr. Nathan Kissler this morning, would you please? i 
You know, I was just sitting there thinking as he was singing, you know, I was I could do that if I wanted to, you know. <laughs> I just don't really want to this morning. No, I'm really proud. Um, we want to do a song that's very, very special. Um, this is a true story that happened in an airport not, not too many years ago. And in the story of this song, we are reminded what just a little bit of kindness can do to literally change somebody's life. I believe in the power of kindness. And you're going to hear that in this very special story. Listen. I was racing through the airport to make an early flight. I wanted to get home to see children and my wife. I rushed around the corner, an apple stand was there. Until I knocked it open, fruit went everywhere. At first I kept on going, I just couldn't miss that plane. I looked over my shoulder, not stopping to explain. The girl's down there on her knees, groping round to find the apple scattered on the floor. Then I saw the girl was blind. As the plane was leaving, I stopped to lend a hand. I picked up all the apples, restored her apple stand To replace the bruise and broken, and her fingers pressed some bills As I hugged her narrow shoulders, she reached to hold me still And said, excuse me, are you Jesus? Is that why you were so kind? Excuse me, are you Jesus to have had me on your mind? You've picked up all the pieces, the bruised and broken parts. You've put back in business you were Jesus to my heart once I was bruised and broken blind and groping on my way when some would stop to help me pay the damage and made me Are you Jesus? Is that why you were so kind? Excuse me, are you Jesus to have had me on your mind? You picked up all the pieces, the bruised and Put me back in business. 
You know, I believe in the theology of kindness. You know, for us as believers, you and I, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Scripture says that we are ambassadors for the kingdom. You know, you know what that really means? That you and I are walking billboards for Jesus Christ. Now, that's a pretty big responsibility. Because think about this. Many, many times, this wicked, crazy world that we live in. Jesus said, by the way, be in the world. Not of it, but be in the world. So many times, Christians, we are in our little bubble. and We're so good at not being of the world, we're not in it either. And we cannot make a difference if we're not in the world. We, light can't shine upon light. It shines in the darkness. And I believe this. Many, many times, this crazy, wicked, lost, hurting world, the only Bible that they are ever going to read is the life that you and I are living right in front of them. So we have a great responsibility to represent Christ in the kingdom. And by the way, we have divine appointments every single day. I mean, it's in the routine of our everyday life. You'll just open up and pay attention. God is trying to use every single one of us as believers every day. It doesn't have to be on a stage or on a platform. It doesn't have to be at a major conference somewhere. I mean, it's every single day. I'm a coffee drinker. I don't know if we have any coffee drinkers here this morning. All right, I had about two my, my, my mic keeps cutting out, fellas. And, and I'm a big-time coffee drinker. I love that. And by the way, I'm not, I'm not a Starbucks guy. I'm kind of a Dunkin' Donuts guy. That's my, my cup of coffee. You know? And uh, every single morning when I'm at home, here's my routine. I, I love to have my Bible study early. And then right after that, I'll go and, and just kind of get my medium cup of black coffee from Dunkin' Donuts, $2.34. It's what I do every single morning. Here, here, here just recently, a few months back, we were, our families had quite a year, a lot of trying circumstances. We're no different than any of you. We go through things that just weigh us down. We, I mean, it's just crazy. This particular morning, I began to take inventory of all the stuff that was happening around our family, you know. I was thinking, we just had a bus fire. This is the first week we've been back on our, this is our bus. We've been leasing a bus, and uh, we had a bus fire last August, and it, and it was over almost 16 months for them to get that resolved, still not resolved, and we were out of pocket over $100,000. We don't budget for those kind of things. And then, you know, right in the midst of all of that, we lost both of my grandparents. They were pillars in our family. They were everything. They were like a second set of parents to me personally. And then my dad, the week before Amber got married, he went into renal failure. He's not going to live if we don't get him a kidney. He's doing 15 hours of dialysis every day just to survive right now. I began to kind of take inventory of my problems. And by the way, that's a bad idea, not a good thing. Because here's what happens when you begin to do that. It's a quick road to depression. And you start to see your problems as giants that cannot be slayed. And it will consume you. It'll just weigh you down. Your thought life cannot be anywhere else but in your circumstances. And that was me this particular morning. I mean, I was trying to read my Bible and have my study, and that draws me close to God. That's a, I feel empty if that doesn't happen. And I just couldn't even read. I just closed up my Bible. Tried to pray, and it just seemed like God was just an entire universe away from my troubles. Have you ever felt like that before? So I got in my car, and I was going to drive a mile down the road, get my medium cup of black coffee from Dunkin' Donuts. Surely if the Bible couldn't work and prayer wasn't working, maybe my medium cup of black coffee was going to do something for me. 
I remember just trying to come up with some words on the way there. I just said, God, I don't know what's going on in my life right now. And by faith, I've lived for you and I've trusted you through everything. But today, I just don't feel that you're anywhere near my circumstance. If it'd be all right with you, God, I'd like to hear just something today, an encouraging word. Or so. Just let me know you're there. And I ended my prayer kind of like this. But if you choose not to do that today, God, by faith, yet again, I will trust you. I got in the drive through line, this long line of folks, you know, getting coffee, handed the lady my credit card. She said, sir, you don't owe me anything for this coffee this morning. It's already been taken care of. The, the car in front of you, they said they wanted to pay it forward. I said, well, that's awfully nice, you know. That's very kind of people. She said, well, they told me to tell you something else. They told me to tell you, be encouraged because Jesus loves you. Now, I know that doesn't seem like a big deal to some cynics in the room, but that was an awfully big deal to me that morning. I mean, it was just a cup of coffee, but I knew this, that God had heard my prayer. He was using Dunkin' Donuts to send me a message of love. <laughs> and he'll do the very same for you if you'll open up your eyes every single day. God is moving just like in the true story of this song, this little blind girl. That businessman, he could, have taken, he could have taken the easy road and went ahead and got on his plane. He missed his plane, help her. I looked at that young lady and I said, ma'am, you'll never know what this little cup of coffee means to me and what you just said. I'm a believer. And on the way here, I was praying that God would use somebody or something to touch me and encourage me today because I've been going through a lot of stuff. And now here he is using you to lift my spirits. I know that he heard my prayer. My burden's already lifted. I believe in the power of kindness. I, too, want to keep this. I would like to pay it forward. And I gave her that whole speech. She just looked at me with the most strange and stoic face. I said, ma'am, what's the problem? I, I want to pay it for. She said, she kind of pointed at me a little bit, you know, with a little authority, you know. She said, well, that's okay, but I must give you fair warning this morning, sir. That SUV behind you, that's a ball team you're fixing to take care of. <laughs> My little $2 cup of coffee cost me $44 that morning. <laughs> but that's okay. I knew God had heard when that businessman stopped to help that little blind girl, he was so touched. He went home and he wrote a little story and he sent it out to his church Sunday school class. And they sent it out to some more folks. And then about six months later, that email, maybe some of you received it, it began to grow viral. Millions of people were reading his story, just a little bit of kindness. One day that email landed on the desk of Gloria Gaither. She was so moved. She found out who this man was. She said, I was really touched by your story. Could, could, I, could I turn that into a song? He said, well, absolutely. So her and Bill Gaither wrote the song. They made a little demo. The very next day, my family and I, we were in Indiana at Gaither Studios working on some recordings and some, I was producing a record. And Bill came in that early and he said, Jason, you got to hear this. We just wrote this new song and I want you kids to consider recording it. So that day we recorded the song and we took it to our record company and, and, and then they hired this film company from uh, Los Angeles to make this, this little mini film that you saw. 
And then they, they released it out into this thing. I have no idea how all this works, but they put it into this contest. And I just saw this on TV Friday night. It's something that happens in New York every year, and they award all the filmmakers, and it's called the People's Choice Awards, the Telly Awards. They put our little, there was an independent category, and they put our little video in that People's Choice thing, you know, and there's, there was 130,000 entries. And it got down to the final 30, and our video was in the final 30. And they, they called our office, and they said, would you guys like to come to the awards program? It takes place in New York City. You're one of the 30 finalists for the Telly Award. And I was looking at all these names, you know, like a, it was a, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Steven Spielberg and Opie from uh, the Andy Griffith Show, Ron Howard. I was like, there's no way. Opie, there's no way. And so we didn't even go. You know, we didn't even go. I'd forgotten about it. A month later, we were in Oklahoma City. I got a call from our publicist. That said, hey, we just, last night, I just got this, this call that you guys are the first ever Christian video to win the People's Choice Award at, in New York. And our little bitty film won this, and they sent us a nice trophy, and we put it, you know, put it in our storage area, and that was all really nice. But here was one of the perks. They were going to play that little, that little video on all the local CVS affiliates. One night in Chicago, Illinois, this really famous heart surgeon who works there at the hospital in, in Chicago, he's also an atheist. He's flipping through the channels. Just trying to take his mind off of work. And he comes across this little video playing. After hours, this little thing was playing. He was touched. He didn't know what was going on, but he knew something was, this is different. Weeks passed by, and he's driving home every night. He kept thinking about that video, what he saw. There's this church sign outside of this church in, in, in Bourbonnet, Illinois, which is a suburb of Chicago. And, the, and it said, Tuesday night Bible studies, come get to know God. He decided he was just going to drive in there, you know. He walked up, and there's a little crowd of about 20 people in a circle having Bible study. They were very friendly. He just kind of observed. They had no idea who he was. A gentleman walked up to him afterwards and said, Sir, we're so glad that you're here tonight. We'd love to have you come back. Our church, we do a lot of outreach, and this Saturday night, we've got a Christian music concert. Here's two free tickets. We'd love to have you come. So he comes. My family and I, we're the ones that were doing the concert. Near the end of our program, the lights go black, typically, and this video begins to play on both sides of the stage, kind of like this morning. And this atheist heart surgeon is on the back, very last row of seats, and he begins to see what had drawn him to that Bible study, and he was moved again. He knew something bigger than he had ever experienced was working in his life. We left that night, had no idea he was in the room. But the next morning, Sunday morning, he went back to that same church. Afterwards, he said, you know, I've never been in church my entire life. Now I've been three times in one week. <laughs> Pastor just got in front of the pulpit after the service. He said, you know what, I believe there's somebody here this morning. You've been searching for a long time. I believe you just want to get to know God. You've got a lot of questions. Why don't you just come on down here and we'll pray with you. We'd love to help you. Well, that once atheist heart surgeon got out. He came down, and that morning he received Christ as his Savior.
And you got to remember, it all started with just a little bit of kindness. That businessman helping that little blind girl. Well, we got a new babe in the faith who has spent his entire life being an atheist, not even believing that God exists. And God needs to affirm his faith and draw him close. Six months later, I'm in Atlanta. We have a day off. And I've been noticing something a little different the last few months. And I finally go to my wife. And I say, you know, I've been having a lot of chest pains. I need to probably get this looked at. I'll go to my doctor. And they said, you know, we, we, we are connected with this wonderful, probably the best at what you've got. And I found out I had this birth defect called a myocardial bridge. And the best guy in the country is in Chicago. We're going to send you to Chicago. You guys are smart. <laughs> they give me his cell phone number, and he heard, you know, that I'm in music, that he had no idea who I was, but he just said, I know you're really busy, and I know you're on tour. Just fly in to Chicago on Monday morning. You don't have to wait. I'll get you right in. We'll get you taken care of. So I did that. I flew to Chicago, went in his office. There was a crowd of about 40 people. I texted the doctor, and I just said, I'm here. He comes through those doors, you know, always waiting, patients kind of waiting, and he stops in his tracks. And he points across the room, and he kind of yells. He's an Italian, you know, and he says, you're the man. And it really frightened me, to be quite honest with you. I said, no, sir, I'm your patient. We've been texting. He goes, no, 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 no. He said, you and your family, you're in Christian music. You sing the song, excuse me, are you Jesus? I said, yeah. He said, you will never believe what God has done in my life. He began to tell me this incredible story how God was moving in his life for weeks and months and years. That afternoon, I had a procedure done as an angioplasty, and I remember when I was coming awake, there was a team of nurses made a big circle around my bedside, and I heard this booming voice praying the most beautifully heavenly prayer. And at the foot of my bed was this once- atheist heart surgeon leading these nurses in prayer. He has since released a book, and it's a book of poetry, and it's all about the cross and salvation and the blood of Jesus. He's become one of my dearest friends in the world. I text him quite often. He let me know here a few months ago. He said, I, I just want you to know, Jason, I got my master's degree in apologetics. And I said, I said, Dr. Dan, why in the world? I said, you've got seven degrees. I mean, that, that's unbelievable. He said, well, I, I'm kind of ashamed to admit this. He said, I, I'm on all these different medical boards. And for years, many of us would be in those rooms making fun of our Christian patients he said, we'd come in and we'd give them a life sentence, a terrible diagnosis, no hope. You've got three months to live. And these crazy people would just say things like, well, it's in God's hands. I give it to Jesus. I believe that he's going to heal me. And if he doesn't, he's going to heal me on that side. He said, I heard all that stuff and I was not a believer. I scoffed. I made fun. We laughed. We were the cured. Now I've got to go back to those same doctors and say, 
I know the healer. And his name is Jesus. And he is the son of God. And he did lay down his life for fallen man to reconcile us into a relationship with our loving father. I'm a believer. I was wrong. And I want you to believe too. Every single crowd has those who have more doubts, have more questions, and that's okay. But you're here this morning, not by circumstance, not by accident. We didn't drive a thousand miles to sing a few songs with high harmony. God is moving in your heart, and you feel like, I felt like, that God is so far away, there's no way. You believe in God, but you don't expect him to do anything because your life is not prepared for God to move. Your belief system is a little flawed. You believe in God just enough to come to church and go through a few motions, but God moving in an airport like he just did in this life to change somebody's life and maybe the life of thousands of other people? Let me tell you something. God will stop at nothing until his purpose is fulfilled in each and every single one of you. I mean nothing. He will move heaven and earth for you to come closer to him. He will stop at nothing in your life. If it takes you missing your plane and helping a little girl and changes her life and then you go home and you write an email and your Sunday school begins to share that and that email goes to millions of people and then it gets on the desk of somebody like Gloria Gaither and she is touched by the Holy Spirit of God to turn that into a four-minute song and then somehow, some way, my family in position that next day to record the song and then our record company wants to make a little video and then they send it to New York for some crazy award that out of 130,000 entries it actually wins the thing and then because of that it's played on CBS and because of that a, an atheist heart surgeon sees the video and then he comes to this Bible study, he comes to the concert, he comes to church, he receives Christ and then six months later it's full circle just like only God can do. I I am there on his operating table just to affirm this young Christian's faith. God will stop at nothing till his purpose is fulfilled in each and every one of your lives. Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe? Jesus said, do you want to be well? We all know what we need healed of. Our thought life, physical pain, relationship problems, addictions. Do you want to be well? Do you want to be well? Do you want to be well? Would you stand to your feet this morning? I believe in this place there are many people that want to be well and they want to believe. Even if it's not for you, it's for someone that you love.
we have someone very close to us in our family that they just can't get over the addiction of pain pills. It's led to heroin, and now it's led to fenugreek, and we're just waiting to get a phone call if God does not intervene that they're going to be dead. This person is very smart, very compassionate, very kind, just lost his job at NASA because of the addictions in his life, just cannot fix himself. Do you want to be well? When we begin to ask these questions and we really want to know the answer, I believe our actions will speak louder than words. And by the way, this little thing that I've just told you, I've never done this before in my life. I've never, not one time in my ministry, shared all of it I've shared this morning. I believe it's a divine appointment. I believe it's of the Holy Spirit of God to share this story, to draw somebody to the well. And here's what I'm going to ask. I don't know how you do things around here, and it doesn't really matter. I'm going to ask those that want to be well, those that want to believe, those that want to go into a deeper relationship with Christ, and you want to see those everyday miracles. There's a difference between expecting and living expectant. I want to live my life expectant. We're going to begin to sing a song, and we may sing two songs, we may sing three songs, but I want those people that say, I want to come to the well. I want to be well this morning. Just step out and come. You can even come now and begin to pray. Take somebody by the hand, somebody that God's laid in your heart, said, brother, sister, I don't know what you're going through, and I don't even care, but God spoke to me. This morning is your day. We're going to begin to sing, and I'm going to ask that believers obey, because that's what happens when believers obey, the Spirit of God moves powerfully in lives, and I want to tell you, miracles will take place. Do you believe? Friends, do you want to be well? Do you believe? Would you step out and come? God sent His Son. They called Him Jesus. He came to love, to heal and forgive. He bled and died to buy. Sing it. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. You believe it? Because he lives. Listen to this. All fear is gone.
we give the Lord Jesus Christ the biggest hand of all this morning. Woo! Hey, listen, you may be seated. I, I don't even know what time it is. I've been looking at that clock, and it, I can't hardly see it. Forgive me, and I think we're, we're late. But listen, that, we have never sang Bridge Over Troubled Waters for an invitation before. That was awesome, girls. And uh, this is why I know that God is in the place. There's no routine. It was totally of the Holy Spirit of God. And that's how much he thinks of you. I mean, it really does. That's why we're here, to, to, to just be able to remind you that you are loved with an everlasting love. I believe that. Listen, I got, I got two minutes. I, want to, I forgot to share, and, and I want to, this is very, something very special to our family. This little radio, this, I know you guys have been checking out this old-fashioned thing. I mean, this is so prehistoric. We have all these, you know, tablets and smartphones. We would never have any use. I have to go up to some of the young people, like these beautiful young ladies. This is a radio. Okay, they've never seen one of these before, and uh, this is really old-fashioned because it doesn't even need to operate off of batteries or electricity. It's got this old-time crank on the back. You just crank it up and listen for a while. These things were around before the first World War. I mean, Pastor, you might have been there. I'm not sure, but uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, I want to tell you what this does represent, though. This little thing right here. This is life and hope to people living in a very dangerous place. We've been sharing the gospel now for 20 years in a wonderful little country called Cambodia. These people were, in our lifetime, they were war-torn. This evil man, their dictator, his name was Pol Pot, he murdered over 40% of his entire population in what is famously known as the Killing Fields. He finally died in 1998. In the year 2000, the borders were open, and we began to go and evangelize. Many of these people that fled for their lives, they began to live the most prehistoric life in the jungles of Cambodia. I've been there many times. Live in little shacks and huts, no running water, no electricity. And you can't reach them with the gospel. You can't plant a church there. Missionaries can't, can't survive. They speak an ancient language. So we began to evangelize Cambodians to reach other Cambodians, national pastors. And now 24 hours a day, seven days a week, we have a radio tower in Phnom Penh. It's a capital city. And then we have another repeater tower in the mountains. And now 24 hours a day, we reach the entire country of Cambodia, even those little huts and shacks that have no electricity with the gospel in their native language. By these simple little radios. We pass these out by the thousands. And by the way, this becomes their most prized possession that they have in their entire life. They come across that dial and they listen to the gospel. Twenty people will be gathered around this little three-inch speaker as close as they can get their ear to hear what you and I hear on a daily basis. And many of them are coming to know Christ. And then through our power of grace teams there on the ground, we began to disciple and evangelize and help them reach others. God will take the very simple things of the world and make them wise for his glory. I want you to watch this two-minute video, and then after that, I'm done. But if you'd like to sponsor a radio like this to help us get the gospel, powerofgraceradio.com is our website. But it's a one-time gift of $50. 
you can send a radio. A lot of people want to do more than one, and we encourage that. We have their credit card portal. It goes right to their ministry. You can make a check, Power of Grace Radio. And if you only have enough money to buy a CD, and we encourage you to take home some CDs, that really helps us. But I'll give you a CD if you'll help me get a radio to Cambodia. Please, every single person here, consider at least sponsoring one radio. Watch this one minute and 58 second video, and I'm finished. God bless you. We love you. Thank you so very much. Not so very long ago, the ancient kingdom of Cambodia was a place ravaged by the communist dictator Pol Pot. His government began an attempted and horrifying genocide, murdering and torturing nearly 40% of his own people. It is estimated that nearly 2 million Cambodians died of starvation and execution in what is now famously known as the Killing Fields. Since that time, Cambodia has tried to heal in every way, but these humble, hardworking, loving people have been deprived of hope for so long. Imagine if your children or family lived in such a place. What would you do to make sure that they heard the gospel? What price would you pay to rescue those that you love? These precious, forgotten, and abandoned people have no voice. But right here, right now, in this very moment, we are their voice. For nearly 20 years, the Power of Grace ministry has been sharing the good news of the gospel in Cambodia. Now, through our distribution of free radios, every Cambodian can have access to hearing the gospel in their native tongue. The follow-up visits by our Power of Grace ministry local church teams will help develop long-lasting relationships with those that receive Jesus as Savior. We believe that by discipling the next generation, we have greater potential for this nation to be rescued from the cult of Buddhism. For a one-time gift of $50, you can send a radio as a beacon of light. Entire communities sometimes gather around one simple radio to hear the gospel message as it is preached seven days a week, even reaching deep into the remote jungles of Cambodia. Please know that a simple little radio sent by you may indeed change a life still haunted with scars from the killing fields. For every radio that you sponsor, they have a chance at the greatest gift ever known, eternal life through Jesus Christ. enjoyed the kneelings this morning amen what a great ministry well listen i want to uh take just a moment and i we've got a little testimony real quick that came from today and virginia if you'd come stephanie help her up here come on up here i'm gonna i'm gonna get you up on stage sister and if you start dancing i don't know if i can keep up with you <laughs> You may have to turn her up a little bit. Go ahead. Tell them about this morning. Uh, when Pastor came over to pray for me, he was talking to me in my left ear, which I haven't been able to hear in years. And I heard what he said. <laughs> and I had Lorraine to say something to me, and I understood what she said. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Sir. The Lord, the Lord, she said she's hearing perfectly in the ears she's been deaf in for years. Amen. So give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen. 
listen, I want to encourage you today to uh, stop by the, the table. They have uh, some things out there that you can pick up. Uh, uh, Martha, if you, Martha, if you guys would go out and just make sure they don't need any assistance with you back there, that would be great. And listen, they haven't asked for a dime to come here today. And I just want to encourage you to, how many of you believe they did their best for us today? Amen. They did their best. And I'm not the kind of guy that's going to say to give 10, give 100, give 500, give 1,000, whatever. Just do your best. Just do what you can do today to bless their ministry. Uh, and, I, and I'll confess, I did not know how far their arm of ministry reaches out. I knew they were a great singing group. But I want to tell you, this family, they're touching the kingdom of God. They are, they are reaching the world for the gospel of Christ. And I just want to encourage you to bless them today. Amen as we leave. Thank you so much for being here today. If you don't have a church home, we want to uh, just welcome you to Life Fellowship. Our doors are open to you at any time. Please don't uh, forget if you need assistance for Thanksgiving, you'll call the church office this week. And ladies, please sign up on our sheet for our Thanksgiving celebration uh, at our round table in the foyer today. Amen. We will have our regular service in here on Thanksgiving, on that Sunday before Thanksgiving, and then we will go immediately over to the gym and have a meal of fellowship together. Uh, our French and our Spanish congregations are going to join us on that day as well. So it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day of fellowship. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you today, God, for allowing us to experience you. God, with all that we planned, the most important thing is we experience you. God, I thank you for allowing us today to see you for who you are. And God, I ask you that you bless this family as they minister to us today, God. Lord, that you meet every need according to your riches and glory. Give them safety as they travel back home. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen and amen. Our ushers will be at the back door. Please bless them as you go out today. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast here at Life Fellowship Church in Hearst, Texas. God is doing great things at our church, and we would like for you to be a part. Join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 6.45 p.m. Get connected with us through Facebook or our website at www.lifefellowshiphearst.org. Thank you, and God bless.